Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You sure can. Happy Sunday, Buffalo. We're here with you for the next two hours. It's Joe Beamer and Brenda Alessi. No. Alessi. Yes, sir. Okay. Good morning, Joe. I should have that email Alessi. open. I had, the last time we hosted together, I believe I had the email open the entire time. I think you did. But, but you just said Brenda and Beamer, so that's good enough. That's right. Brenda and Beamer. It's become a, it's become a hot commodity. B&B, baby. I was hanging out with some uh, BEN uh, fans last night. They love the shows together, so nice let's keep it strong. Two hours today, maybe you'll be wishing for a third. You will be wishing for a third, I obviously. Know I will be. Funny thing about that song we just played, uh, Dan Harmon, every time I fill in on Sunday, open up with that song. But the drum line right there, when he gets into the chorus... I was doing that yesterday because I had the song and I was by myself. And I just went like on the counter to that. And I had the dogs upstairs barking for like, the oh. next two hours. Oh, oh, oh. So that one might have been my fault. You got them fired up, Joe. Yeah. Hey, did you notice there's a, a little music request here on the text line? There is. I looked for the clean version of that song. Can't find it. So if the, if the texter can find us a clean version of Fire It Up, text it to us. We will definitely play it as a bump. Can we, we just do a little hook or a bridge or... I, you know, because sometimes, Brenda, I get into the song a little too much and uh, forget we have to pot it down here. True. <laughs> but uh, welcome, everybody. It is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, especially my father, the original Joe Beamer. Not only the best dad in the world, but definitely my best friend. And I cannot wait for another fall of Virginia Tech road trips. What a nice tribute, Joe. My dad passed away in 1990, about six weeks after... Dan and I got married. So at least he saw me. He was at the wedding. My mother walked me down the aisle because my father wasn't able to, but he was there. And um, my husband and I went to Italy on our honeymoon to my father's homeland, to his village. And he knew we were there. He got, you know, when we got back, he knew we had seen his village. So you've heard those stories about how people hang on until something significant happens. Oh, yeah. That's what happened there. So, uh, you know, I think about him every day, and I wish all the dads out there a very happy Father's Day. And I love the fact that you and your dad are best friends. What a wonderful oh, tribute. Yeah. For sure, for sure. I mean, uh, hey, sometimes um, sometimes I'm not the easiest person. Obviously, I'm sure it was not easy being my father, but you know what? My dad was always there. It continues to make me a better man because I'm quite immature, as we all know. And, uh, you know, it's funny, looking back, like in high school games, I was a backup goaltender on the lacrosse team. And we would go to, like, Jamestown and stuff. You look in the stands and, you know, not many of the parents were there, but... 
just to see that 30 seconds of gameplay I might get, my parents are always in the stands, so I will always remember stuff like that. And, and I've heard you talk about the bond that you have when you drive down to Vatek. Oh, yes. Now you're in the car for a long time together, and uh, I'm sure you have some great conversations. Yeah, minus Dad telling me to slow down, which I always <laughs> ignore. Uh, the conversations are always great. It, it, it is, it, I'm telling you, there's no one else I'd rather do seven trips a year to and from Blacksburg, and this year back to South Bend to see Virginia Tech, Notre Dame. Last time Tech played at South Bend, that was a wild trip, let me tell you. I I only hope I can party like my father can at his young but old age. I hope I can still do that. You're going to get your Irish up in more ways than one, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) But we went to South Bend. You know, we had never been before, and we let the Uber driver tell us, hey, where's there to party in, you know, uh, near the near the school, and we hit some banging bars. Let me tell you, it was great. Can't wait to do it again, and hopefully leave with the same result. Yes, I know that you're uh, all about the Hokies. That was a fun road trip. We went from uh, South Bend and stopped in Erie to watch the Bills take on the oh, Cincinnati Bengals. Nice, nice. So, yeah. Heavy football, a lot of pigskin that weekend for you. Oh, Has yeah. your dad given you great advice over the years? Oh, all the time. Um, you know, it, it, slowing down, I wouldn't take as good advice, Dad. Sorry. Uh, if it's 70, you're supposed to go 80. That's how the speed <laughs> limit works. No, but like, like I said, my dad's always there to, to help me out, and he's always, now that I don't live at home, he'll always answer the phone, always shoot me texts. I mean, it's always a phone call away. That's the way great. it should be. Yeah, yeah. I'd love sure. to hear uh, some of our listeners' uh, tips that their fathers gave them or other significant men in their lives. What are some of the Father's Day uh, pieces of advice that you've received that you've able that you've been able to put into your life and really help sustain your life in a good way? I'd love to hear some of those tips, Joe. Yeah. Also, you know, if if your father is no longer here, what's something about your dad that sticks by you? Like you said, you you still have the the, the great memory that your father was able to be at your wedding and then see you when you got back from Italy. Right. What is something about your father? Something your father said to you that sticks with you? We will take those texts and calls all throughout the show today. And also the the father in chief. What would you tell? Donald Trump, what kind of advice would you give the president, the uh, the father of our country at the moment, at least? And for me, my advice would be stop tweeting so much. Please stop tweeting so much. Yeah, it's especially, and, and my opinion is not is not uh, hidden from our audience in this station, so I'm not going to to hide it. Obviously, I'm a supporter of the president, um, but I think you can support and also say things that might bother you about and. Again, of course. I'm yeah. all about the president's reelection campaign as of right now, June 16th, 1013, June 16th, 2019. Uh, but I do wish that the president would stay off Twitter. You know, I don't mind tweeting things about what's going on, foreign policy and stuff, but just the, the, the needless tweets, uh, just going after attacking someone that you're gaining nothing on. You know, hey, do I get a chuckle every now and then? Brenda, I'd be lying if I said I didn't. But there's just certain things I wish that he would either keep to himself or maybe say at a rally. There's certain things you can say at a rally, but why does it every why when I come into work at 5 a.m., I know in the next in the first hour of my job, I am going to see a tweet from the president and I'm either going to go, Donald, why? Right. right? And, and the same goes for interviews. Donald, uh, Mr. President, why would you give an interview to George Stephanopoulos of ABC? Of all people, a guy that was with the Clinton administration, it's not going to be a fair interview. I don't mind you going to ABC, going to CBS. I understand that. Those are the big networks. And even in 2019, they're influential news sources. 
but George Stephanopoulos, of all You know people. what, Joe? I just think it's an intoxicating thing for the president. He can't get past it. I, it doesn't matter who it is, even if it's a, a guy like George Stephanopoulos who worked for the Clintons. It, it doesn't matter. I think the president thinks that he can outsmart whoever that interviewer is. And it doesn't matter what that interviewer's history was. He's going to do it. So, And in a way, I give him credit for that because it's not like he's just doing uh, talk shows or interviews with people who are favorable or pro-Trump. So... You know, I think he should do those types of interviews because you got to hear different perspectives. And if he doesn't like it, he's going to call it fake news, right? Yep. That's, you know what? But Brenda, I will say this. Most of the time he accuses something of fake news, it comes out that a story was slanted or a story had to be read, uh, taken back. You know, Retracted, yeah. And not that that's, this is the only president that it's happened during, but it does seem to happen very often during this presidency, especially the first few years. But... That is what we're going to talk about. I would love to know what has your father told you and your advice for our president, uh, President Trump, uh, even if you don't, if you like or don't like him. Now, David has a system on this show, a Republican line and a Democrat line. You can follow that and call either or or just call us 803-0930. You don't have to give away your affiliation with the phones, but both lines will be open for you. But when we come back again, we will take your calls. We will take your texts. But it was Brenda's birthday this weekend, and we want to talk about how she celebrated. It is Brenda and Beamer, that right after this on News Radio 930 WBEN. Well, that's what they say. And this weekend, Brenda celebrated her 27th birthday. <laughs> Yet again. Yet Joe. again. Yet again. We'll go with the accompanying line. I you like know, that. These are it was Friday the 14th. Friday the 14th. Uh, Brenda sharing her birthday with the president. Goes Indeed. right back into the co- uh, conversation. Go figure, huh? Now, Brenda, um, I know you had uh, three gentlemen sing you happy birthday during the morning show yes, on it, Friday. It was a highlight of my weekend. As I said, you three were like the three tenors. I was really impressed. So. You know, ever since seeing um, those tenors with um, Andre Ryu, yes. I've tried to get my voice to be on par. And I think I, I might tour with them next time. Well, I noticed you're growing a beard too, Joe, so that kind of adds to the That's luster right. of it. Yeah. This took three months. <laughs> I think I have a heavier beard. <laughs> but no, it was a great birthday. Flag Day babies, uh, the president and me. So, uh, you know, when I was a kid, the running joke was my mother would tell me that the flags were flying in my honor. And then I soon found out that, uh, you know, that was not the case. So another illusion shattered once you read adulthood. Now, I saw on your uh, on Instagram, you went out for dinner. I did with and a bunch of other June babies. We all know how you love your food. Oh, yes, big time. So where and how was dinner? Well, dinner was uh, wonderful. We went to this little pig, one of my favorite restaurants uh, in uh, the Clarence Williamsville area. Yes, shout out Mike Overdorf, who works in their kitchen. Ah, and Jeff and Mandy Cook are the owners, and they do a wonderful uh, made-from-scratch menu. I really highly recommend this little pig. So uh, there were nine of us, and uh, several of us were June babies, and we had a wonderful celebration. And you know, Joe, the older I get, the more I, and again, this may be something that I learned from my parents, since we're talking about Father's Day advice, the more I appreciate the gift of friendship. You know, I really don't need material things. 
but I really enjoy the gift of friendship. We had a great time just laughing and talking and uh, enjoying a nice night out. And of course, we did not sit outside given the weather, but nonetheless, we had a wonderful time and the food was outstanding. Yeah, they do have really good food at this Excellent. little pig. And I know they have brunch on Sundays. Yes, so they do. Maybe while listening to us, uh, make your way over to Transit and Main Street. That's it. In yeah. Clarence. Yeah, they have, uh, we went there, I think, I went there for Mother's Day last year. If I'm re- if I recall correctly, but yeah, it's really good. Got to get myself back there, especially for their brunch. Yeah, you should do that. It's a nice little reward after you get done working on Sundays, since that's, you work so many days a week. That's right. If I just dressed more appropriately when I come into work, <laughs> it's all right. You can still get served. But speaking of the weather, you know, it, it's funny. Fr- I went to a concert Friday night. Um, Who did you see? Uh, it was a combination. It was a few country uh, acts on Friday night uh, down at the stadium. The weather was a little chilly, but. For what else we've gotten this weekend, seems like it was on the best night of the weekend. Yes, you know, and I'm very involved with the Hope Chest Dragon Boat teams, which is a a big organization that's now international, and they had their their annual festival Saturday, starting at 7:30. And our friend Alan Davis uh, is the voice of the dragons. He was down there, and there were many many people competing in the um, Dragon Boat Festival. Uh, and it really started, Joe, years ago to help women who were recovering from breast cancer. It was a way to exercise and really help the recovery process, plus be with other people who were battling the disease. So now it's evolved from that kind of competition to a lot of civic groups that participate in the dragon boats. It's really a wonderful festival. And you see these canoes with these elaborate dragon heads on the end of the canoe. And uh, it's really a fun festival. So I was keeping my fingers crossed that the weather would be decent for that. They got the races in Saturday morning at Riverworks. And uh, it was chilly and overcast, but nonetheless, they pulled it off. Well, it's good they got that in. And also, Aaron Mitkowski uh, had his personal best 10K time yesterday. I won't give the time away. I'll let him do that. But uh, personal best 10K. Nice. Which makes me think this summer I have to stop only doing 5Ks. And get to doing a few 10Ks because now I have a time to beat. I well, got you better beat. not go to brunch too often. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> I got to beat Aaron's time. You know, the last 5K I did was my personal best. I finished 22 minutes, 52 seconds. So I think I've done as well as I'm going to do with 5Ks. Maybe take a few seconds off that. But now I really need to challenge myself with a 10K. Let me ask you, when you're running, are you conscious of the time? I, uh, I didn't used to be, but now I have an app on my phone that tells me every mile what I did that particular mile in and where I am nice. time-wise. So I am now, and I've noticed that after the second mile, if I'm not where I think I should be, I do. You can amp it up. I do amp it up. Yeah. And then when you get that final turn and you see the clock, you know, and I know in my head where my personal time is, the last one I did, I turned the corner. I saw it getting closer to 23. I was like, oh, come on, Joe. And that's when the week before I had done 22.55. So I knew I had to at least tie my personal best. If I can see the clock and I'm this close and I just pushed it. It's amazing. The little things that can motivate you. Oh, yeah. One of the things I got for my birthday, I did get a couple of gifts, even though I'm saying I'm not a material person anymore. I got a new Fitbit because my Fitbit had died. So my husband knows how obsessive I am about getting my 10,000 steps. So I have this new Fitbit and there's so many new things that it'll tell you. I mean, it's it's almost big brotherish what what it does you know you're wearing this thing on your wrist it's like a mini computer so i'm, I'm looking forward to learning how to work this new versa fitbit if anybody has any advice on that let me know you know i was big with the apple watch yes and i don't know if you know what happened to my apple watch so i came into work i was running late this was in one of those awful mornings that you just know the way it started was going to be not an awful day but things were not going to go my way mm-hmm. uh it was the only time ever in my nine years at wben i showed up late um, I hit a stop sign because I tried to drive with a half defrosted uh, <laughs> windshield 
And then I get out of work, and you know, I, I, I always come in with a bag. I make the turn with my bag, trip over myself, land on the watch, oh, no. trying to catch myself. And of shattered. course, of course, an Apple product that doesn't have a cover on it, shattered. And so now those things are, I still have my band that holds my phone when I run. Right. And that's how I, uh, I keep up. Yes. With what's going on. Yeah, well, once you get used to having those watches, it's tough to not have it. It is. It, it's tough to not, you know, feel my phone and go, okay, oh, I can't do that anymore. Right, right, yeah. So we're looking for your advice, too. What did your father tell you? Uh, and what advice would you have for President Trump on this Father's Day? Want to take a call, Joe? Yeah, let's go with Sam in Williamsville to kick things off. Sam, good morning. Hey, good morning to you. Uh, well, I mean, there's a number of things my father taught me, but one is um, find something that you enjoy doing. Uh, and he had a sort of a rel- relentless and tireless work ethic, and um, that you could sort of become whatever you wanted to become, but primarily find something that you enjoyed doing. Uh, that was great advice. Um, uh, regarding uh, Donald Trump, I think, which was the other question. That's mm-hmm. right. What advice you would give him? If I was Donald Trump, um, and this would be hard to do based on his personality, I would advise him to find the best of the best leadership consultant in the world and employ him uh, and trust his judgment. In what area would you say, Sam? Particular areas or, um, you know, the way he approaches business? What would you say? Let me, let me well... In just about every area of his decision-making, uh, communications, interpersonal skills, uh, you know, how best to manage people and not alienate people, uh, uh, and then how to not be so polarized, you know, in his leadership style. But but don't you think Sam that goes uh, flies in the face of everything Trump stands for and the way he, you know, really kind of conducts his life? I do. I think you know it's it's he's he uh, he's extremely uh, dictatorial. Uh, yeah, you know he's in a position, but he's got to surround himself with really talented people. Uh, you know which he's tried to do, but he. Uh, conversely, has alienated good people um, that have left his staff because they just don't enjoy working for him. Um, so it's it's you know it's interesting that he's trying to surround himself with the best of the best, but yet again he wouldn't listen to you know expert advice. Boy, it'd be, it's, it would be such a simple thing, you know, if he if someone can convince him uh, just how to creatively problem solve and lead people, uh, he would probably win the next election hands down. And now he's going to be probably in a dogfight. I, I still feel like he's going to win. But uh, And I'm a Trump supporter. I was not a Clinton supporter. Um, it was sort of like the best of, uh, you know, choose the... <laughs> Lesser of two evils. Sam, it, since... Since you said that, and Alan, I'm sorry, I know I'm blowing up the clock. We'll get to you in just a second. You said that you, you picked Trump because he wasn't Hillary Clinton or something along those lines. I've always wanted to ask someone who voted that way in 2016. For 2020, do you still see yourself supporting Trump, or is there someone that could win the primary that would make you vote against Trump? 
Well, uh, it's a good question. To me, right now, the best answer I can give you, it's a little little premature. The best person or most intellectual person that I've heard so far, very briefly, and and again, it's still premature, was the guy that that owned Starbucks. Uh, Howard Schultz. Yep. He was the, he was the most intellectual uh, sort of visionary that I've heard to date, and he was a non-politician. That was probably one of the reasons. Uh, uh, very bright, and uh, I can't imagine somebody with his organizational skills, uh, not and his empowerment skills, not being a very effective, uh, solid, above-average leader. Uh, now the rest of the people. Uh, I got to tell you, you know, I'm not, I'm, they're just too political for me, and I think that uh, they. And I'm not. I'm, I'm, a, I'm sort of like the rest of us. I'm a little bit tired of this Democratic Republican duality that exists out there in the world, uh, and specifically the reason I didn't want Clinton is, is I just did not want another Clinton you know, in the White House, and I just, you know, I, I felt like that she was not not qualified. Uh, hey, Sam, Sam, sorry, we got to cut you short. We got news coming up, but thank you so much. Great first call to kick off this edition of Brenda and Beamer. We are three minutes late. Alan, take all the time you need. Loving the tunage here, Joe. Yeah, some spin doctors on a Sunday morning. I was telling you off the air, this reminds me of the old Thursday in the Square when it was still in the Square. I remember those days, yeah. The spin doctors did a show there, and Brenda, I I can't I can't even in words say how packed it was. I mean, obviously all the way back to the library, but then it it jetted out. I mean, I think almost all the way down to another train stop on Main Street, just so people could hear it. I mean, those shows, when they actually got good acts, I mean, th- that place got packed. You know, that was a really great concept back in the day, Joe. I mean, now I think it's wonderful that we have Canal Side. But that Thursday in the Square, it was like a harbinger of things to come with the whole revitalization of the area and the whole waterfront and downtown, you know, facelift. It was a, it was a good start. I, I give them credit for whoever came up with that concept. Yeah, and it was when they were still trying to focus on that part of downtown. That's right. The middle of downtown, and let's be honest— we, we did a whole show on how great the canal site is and how great downtowns come, but there is still work to be done, especially there, the main place mall area. Oh, yeah. I'd love to see the that. The convention center. Yeah. I'd love to see all that built back up. It is very promising to me that they are going to finally start doing some outside work on Statler City. Yes. It's you know? about time. Because yes. you walk inside Statler City, it's beautiful. Oh, it's but if, magnificent. If you don't know the history of Statler, you, you walk by it. It is a little sore on the eyes from the outside. Yes. Now, don't get me wrong. When you walk in, definitely makes it up. I love that lobby bar. I think it's a really cool place to stop and have a drink. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they're finally giving the outside a little work so the outside can somewhat match the inside. Yeah, I think the time has come and Mark Croce realizes that the funding is finally in place, it sounds like. I heard him on the uh, morning show last week. Yeah. So a lot of good updates and it, it'll happen in our lifetime. That's right. <laughs> it's not like it's down the road or never going to happen. You know, because we, we always said that Bass Pro wouldn't happen in our lifetime. And <laughs> I always make the joke, it indirectly did come to Buffalo. They just had to buy out Cabela's. Right. And, and so now there's one in uh, in Chittawaga. Speaking of time frames, Joe, I was just reading over the weekend, too. It was four years ago. I think it was either today or this over the past couple of days that Donald Trump descended down that escalator at Trump Tower. And did you ever think he had a shot? 
I didn't even think he'd make it to Iowa. I mean, really, when uh, he first when he first came out, and the way the media and uh, this is this is a do I have to say it like on Fox? This is an opinion piece. The way the media jumped on him from that first press conference, because I'm thinking to myself, here's a guy, he's got it made, right? He's got The Apprentice, he's got tons of money, he's got a penthouse and Trump Tower, you know, a multi multi million dollar business. Why would he go th- keep on going through this for the off chance of being president? And when he entered, didn't look like that great of a chance. I mean, but here's a guy who, to this day, still rolls with the punches. You know, you can say whatever you want about him or to him, and it kind of just rolls right off him. Well, until he tweets back. I was going to say he'll comment <laughs> so, on it. Oh yeah. But the fact that he was able to go from that press conference, which everyone made fun of, let's be honest, everyone, including on this station, we all made fun of it. Um, to now he is the president, and on June sixteenth, twenty nineteen, looks to be right now in a pretty good position to get reelected. Now, a lot of that, a lot of things can change. Heck, a lot of things can change in two weeks. No doubt about that, especially (laughs) in the world of politics. Yes. But we're asking the question, too, with it being Father's Day. What advice did your dad or another significant man in your life give you? And, you know, and by the same token, what advice would you give President Trump? And do you think he would take it? Yeah, what advice would you give President Trump? And you know what? Sam was such a great call to kick things off with. I also want to throw this out because I know on Sundays, Brenda, we have somewhat of a different audience than we do during the week. And and so I'd like to know, did you vote for Trump because he was what you would say the lesser of two evils against Hillary Clinton in 2016? And now in 2020, does Trump still have your support or is there someone... I'm, I'm going to have three bullet points off of that question. So were you the, pers- the kind of person that voted Trump because he was, quote, the lesser of two evils? Now in 2020, are you still a Trump supporter? If so, is there someone that could win the primaries that would change your mind? If not, if there's, is there someone running in the Democratic primary? If they won, you would be back on the Trump bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Kind of a loaded question, but I think something we don't hear much of. Because you did have, you had people that, they, they claim, went to the poll not knowing who they were going to vote for. Well, especially because Hillary was such a polarizing candidate. And still to this day, you mention her name and it's lover or hater, oh, it yeah, seems. For sure. So I think there were plenty of people who were in the lesser of two evil camp. Uh, I love the question, Joe. Really. I mean, is there somebody now? And there's, the, you remember when Trump was there, it was like 20 candidates, 16 candidates got whittled down little by little, and he was the last man standing. It'll be very interesting to see what our callers have to say about that. But I'm dying to hear about their advice for the president. And here we go again, though. 23 Democratic candidates. Yes. Only 20 of them, 20 of them can debate. So if you were a candidate, <laughs> Brenda, and you were one of the three that didn't make the cut, don't you kind of throw in the towel? I mean, if you're not one of these 20 now, what are you going to do? The road got a lot longer, that's for sure. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you got to do something outrageous to get attention. And yeah. is that really how you want to portray your court? Is that the way you want to portray your career? Is that the way you want to be out there? So, yeah, I think I'd probably say maybe in the next four years. Right. I mean, and I do, I have to say, I'm going to compliment the Democrats here. I like how they're not doing it top 10, bottom 10, like the Republicans did in 2016. Yeah, that it was is, not a good look. No, it's, it's uh, you, all right, you got the 20 that fit in the, um, what they laid out to get into the debates, and now it's a mix mash, right? So you, you have Joe Biden in one, Bernie Sanders in the other. I like that. Even though I'd like to see those two against each other, I think in time we will see them on the same dis- well, debate that, stage. That's true because it's not even the election year, for goodness sake, Joe. It's, right. You know, we still have so much time to go.
Right. Speaking of time, I think Tony's been on hold for quite a while. Huh? He has. The, the phone lines have lit up. We will start with Tony and Clarence because usually uh, we save him for 1145. So, Tony, <laughs> good morning, buddy. Morning, Tony. Yes, good morning, Brenda. You and I go way back to the old days in Hamburg at the uh, that when we had these saber things and all those things that your husband participated in. I don't know if you remember me. You know, Tony, that was a long time ago. It may have been during my uh, Empire Sports Network days as well. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, that you did a great job there too. Of Thank you. Well, first of all, my father first of all told me. It taught me to tell the truth, no matter what the consequences were. If you didn't tell the truth, they, your parents would, uh, you should, would know when you're lying anyway, right? Basically, you tell the truth. Also, they taught, my father taught me that I should do those things that I want to do, but do them in the best way possible, the best way that we can can do them. Uh, that was important. Uh, so I would say telling the truth is number one on my list. Uh, unfortunately, the current president doesn't tell the truth at all. He's had over 10,000 lies in the two and a half years he's been in office. But I would say to this president, you should listen. You should listen to what your advisors you hired tell you, just like the first man that was presenting, you know, was on today, said, choose advisors you can trust, listen to what they have to say, and then consider their advice. Don't shoot from the hip. Don't just do something because it's a reaction. I think that's a bad way to govern. Another thing he should be aware of, he should learn to read. The man reads nothing. He absolutely doesn't even know what's in the Constitution of the United States. For example, Article 2 of the Constitution tells him that he should enforce the laws. He would rather disobey the laws, such as on election, when you have, you're not supposed to take information from foreign governments. Well, he didn't, Tony. No, his own Kellyanne Conway has been uh, told that she should be fired because she she violated the Hatch Act. Not only did she violated the Hatch Act, she was advertising for companies out on the front lawn of the White House about colors and dresses and and things that Ivanka had. So they, if you're going to be the president, one of your jobs is to enforce the law. Unfortunately, this president doesn't even know what the laws are. You know what, Tony? The problem, I think, with Trump is he, he tends to insert himself into things where he shouldn't. For example, you know, he was mocked, and fittingly so, I think, for talking about how Mars and, you know, of which the moon is a part of. Why would he say something like that? It's not necessary to comment on every little thing. That's where I think he gets himself in a lot of trouble. That's because he's both a narcissist, which everything has to be about him, and he's also a sociopath. Look up the definition of a sociopath. It fits this president very well. Why did he cancel the nuclear arms deal with Iran? That kept our country safe from them building an old well, nuclear bomb. No, it, it gave Iran a ton of money. Excuse me? It gave Iran a ton of money. No, we didn't give any money to Iran. We gave a pallet full of money to Iran. You don't know what you're talking about, Beamer. Every second, every dollar that was given was given back to them. It was in our banks, and they were released back to the Iranians. All right, Tony, Tony, before we let you go, it is Father's Day. Talk hey, about hey, Joe. Tony. Tony, before before we let you go, you have to say one nice thing about President Trump. 
All right, that was, Tony and, <laughs> that was Tony and Clarence. Uh, you know what? I think we're going to blow the clock up here. We're going to go to 55 and then just take the spots into New Scott. Is that cool? All right, let's go with a fan favorite and a favorite of ours, Rambo Jim and NT. Jim, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Uh, my advice to President Trump, just keep doing what you're doing. Don't let anyone discourage you. I can tell you from personal experience, I've spent my entire life doing things other people told me that I had no choice of, no chance, no hope of ever being successful at. And I made it anyway. Don't listen to other people. Other people hate you. Other people are jealous of you. Other people don't want you to succeed because they cannot succeed. So President Trump, just do what you're doing. Don't let these people, and he, he already knows this. He doesn't need me to tell him this. But he's just going to keep on. See, what President Trump does is he keeps pushing straight ahead. He never takes his, his eye off the ball, his eye off the goal line, and he keeps moving straight ahead. But, Jim, can I ask you a question? Because, as you know, I'm a, I'm a supporter of the president, obviously. Um, but don't you think sometimes when he's having a really good week, he does something that wasn't really necessary and it gets in the way of a really good week? Well, I'm not telling you the guy's perfect now. Oh, no, I, I know that. I mean, the guys, none of us are perfect. I'm not going to tell you that I'm perfect. But doesn't he sometimes, like, again, I, I, I think he's done some great things in his first term. I hope he gets a second term. But I do think sometimes he'll, he'll send a tweet out that was completely unnecessary, and I don't see the gain he gets from certain tweets, especially when he's had such a great economy. The Dow could have a good week. And, but we know the media, Jim. They're not going to focus on the good week. They're going to focus on the tweet. But Jim and Joe, that's the whole point, that he really, he's his own worst enemy in many ways. At times, yeah, I think there so. There are some things that have really been accomplished over the past couple of years. And he's really an unconventional guy in many, many ways. That's not a newsflash. But the difference is, maybe Tony has a point. Why does he feel like he has to always be the center of attention? Why would you undercut what you're doing and what you're accomplishing by saying something that is completely irrelevant? Um, he takes pleasure in getting under the skin of the people that hate him and are trying to destroy him. He's fighting back. We have never had a president that fights back like this guy. This guy is fight, 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 never stop fighting. That's what we need in our leaders. What, and look at what we've had in the past. One guy, forget, what was his name, the guy that would spend $300 on a haircut? Are you talking about, uh, oh, you're talking about John Edwards. Yeah, come on. I, when I found out the guy was spending $300 on a haircut, I thought to myself, I told other people, <laughs> we should take this guy, put him up against the wall, and shoot him. My favorite John Edward moment, though. And for paying Please, I, I have no use for John Edwards. His wife is dying of breast cancer, and he's having an affair. I, I have no use for that man. But how just fake he was. Remember the vice presidential debate? With, uh, with VP Dick Cheney, and he talked about America being a light, and that light is dimming. Like, just so phony. He's and trying to use it like sort of southern twang. Yeah, and then it came yeah. out just how phony he really was. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, no room for him. Jim, thank you so much for the call. Hey, we have a whole nother hour of Brenda and Beamer coming up, taking your calls. What is the best advice your father gave you? What is your advice for the president, fatherly advice for the president, when it comes to his Twitter? Uh, and then I have that loaded question. Were you a Trump supporter in 2016 only because of who he was running against? And in 2020, how do you feel about him now? 
is there someone in the primary field that could change your, your vote against Trump? Or is there someone in that primary field that could make you vote for Trump again? I would love to hear that. 803-0930, a whole nother hour after this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. One of the all-time greatest songs. I've always liked this too, Joe. I don't know if I'd put it in the all-time great, but it's a nice tune. You know, on my Google Play, it tells you how many times certain songs have been played. This, and this is only since I've been playing through Google Play, has over 300 plays. Really? Yeah. It's, can't get enough of it, huh? I can't get enough John Waite. The rest of that album, subpar. Whatever happened to him? He was at Fallsview like two years ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking- He's still there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This show's still going on. Funny story. There's a tour going on. I'm not sure it's hit Fallsview yet, but it's Howard Jones, and Men Without Hats are opening for him, is, as well as a Depeche Mode Cover, uh, tribute really? band. Now, Men Without Hats performs four songs in their set. That's it. <laughs> to open up, Safety Dance is the first and last that's song. That's the only one I know. They, they do it twice? They do it twice. <laughs> the only other do they wear those little triangular hats? Yeah, they throw it into the crowd yeah, at the end. Nice. The only other song I know from Men Without Hats, I couldn't tell you what the name of the song is, but it played on like a new wave dance mix I played one night. This tells you how bumping my parties are, Brenda. Uh, I played one night at a party like a decade ago. I, cu- I couldn't tell you the name of the song, but it was the only other time I saw the name Men Without Hats pop up on the screen. It's amazing, though, how these uh, these bands keep resurfacing in different ways, you know, with all these different clubs and, and you know, like little uh, spots like the Town Ballroom or the Falls View. Yeah. They we- managed to continue to kind of, you know, maintain their presence on the scene. I mean, how many decades did the Knack tour as a one-hit right. wonder? Tommy Two-Tone. Oh, yeah. Still two, as exactly, a one-hit wonder. Yeah. It's uh, like I told Randy, all you need is that one big song. I love my Sharona, though. Oh. Great, so, great stem. Do you remember there was an NBC song, an uh, NBC show called Hit Me Baby One More Time. Don't remember. And it. they would bring a one-hit wonder in to sing their hit, and then they would cover a current hit. The Knack, I can't tell you what their current hit they covered was, but they did my Sharona. Holloway, Holloway, you know, um, What Is Love? Yes. He did his song, and then he covered um, Sometimes by Britney Spears. Hmm. So those videos are still on YouTube. But I, you remember all this. Yeah, it, it, like it lasted four <laughs> episodes. It's something about shows I like don't last, uh, don't last too terribly long. Well, if I ever play Name That Tune, I want you on my team, Joe. Yeah. What was the show with the uh, – is that the show where they play the lyrics and you have to beat Shazam? Yes. Well, I remember the original one back in the day. So okay. it was a little different back then. Because there's a show now where they play a song, and it's you versus Shazam. And you have to name it before, before the Shazam. Before yeah, the app I can see it. that happen. I love Shazam. That's oh. a great app, by the way. I was uh, shopping a few days ago, and this just like I don't know, so, you know, uh, s- instrumental song came on, and it just it was so awful. I needed to know what it was <laughs> so I could use it as a bump during Randy's show, and um, I, I found it and did play it as a bump during Randy's show today. 
That's why Shazam is so useful. <laughs> yes, for sure. So we're asking questions. It's Father's Day. What advice did your dad give you or another significant man in your life? It doesn't have to be your father. And also, what advice would you give the dad-in-chief to, what would you say to President Trump? We'd love to get your comments on that. 803-0930. The text board's been pretty active today, too, Joe. Yeah. 30930. Great text at 3930. Um, 803-0930. Taking calls all hour on that. We've got two people that have been hanging on for quite a long time. So we'll start with Bob in Buffalo. He's got some advice for the president. Bob, good morning. Uh, good morning. I would just say uh, be yourself and keep doing what you're doing. I do remember when Mitt Rodney was accused of having a binder of girls, yeah. didn't pay his taxes. He left his dog on top of the car, and the media just ran with it. Bush lied. People died. No blood for oil. We don't seem to be getting any oil out of Iraq, although I disagree with the policies and how he had left Iraq, but uh, then again, uh, he lied and people died. Nobody seems to mind anything. The last Supreme Court justice, uh, they accused him of being uh, a part of a chain gang. Nobody sat there and vetted that, nor have we heard of any repercussions. Uh, People say just what they want to say, and to my good friend Tony, I wish you a happy Father's Day. You must be beside yourself that they're talking about giving driver's licenses to lawbreakers which if you come into this country illegally, that's a felony, in which case they are abating and abiding in felonies themselves by giving lawful documents to unlawful people. Nobody says a word, do they? And uh, who said anything about Chick-fil-A when they sat there and tossed him out of the airport about being a Christian group? Nobody. Actually, Bob, I think there's been a lot of talk on all of the very topics that you mentioned, and, and that's why there are shows like this that exist. Uh, I do think you bring up some interesting points, but I do think there's been talk about each and every one of them. And, and Bob, you know, you you bring up Mitt Romney. Isn't it funny how they treated Mitt Romney the same way they treated Trump, but now Mitt Romney is just like, you know, he, he, he goes right along with them when it comes to the Trump attacks. He won't say, well, you know, the president has a good point. During my campaign, they accused me of blank, blank, and blank. No, he just goes right along with them. It kind of forgets how he was treated in 2012. It's a good old boys club is what it is, and they're getting rich off of our dollars, both sides of the aisle. I don't care if it was Paul, Paul Ryan, John McCain, uh, or uh, what's going on now with the Democrat uh, side. And just remember, the last, president, the last president gave some advice. If you don't like what they say, get in their face. And that's exactly what this president is doing. And by the way, guys, uh, the uh, Congress passed what they call the Equality Act, which basically says that we as Christians are hateful and that the Bible is hate speech. Did anybody cover it? No. This is really getting ridiculous what's going on. The media and the government, they both have lost credibility. And I'm not talking about talk shows like yourselves, and you're absolutely right. You give a chance for everybody to vent uh, and give an opinion, and then we can decide what is truth and what isn't. And for that, I thank you. Have a very nice day. Thanks, Thanks Bob. Bob. You, you too. too. And let me tell you, quite cruel to bring up Chick-fil-A on a Sunday. Because <laughs> Now, now I, the, the juices are flowing, huh, you know, Is it, that your stomach I hear growling? It's a cheat day Sunday, all right? You know, and I was thinking Chipotle. Bob says Chick-fil-A, and for three seconds I was thinking Chick-fil-A and then remembered. I mean, hey. Their employees get Sundays off. That's that's very nice of them in Hobby Lobby. But sometimes you crave Chick-fil-A yeah, on a absolutely. Sunday. You know, I remember being at the Atlanta airport and having a very long layover. And this is before we had Chick-fil-A. So what was I excited about? Getting Chick-fil-A. 
Then I remembered my layover was on a Sunday. Ah, uh, you know. so much for that. Another uh, another dream shattered for you, Bean. That's right. Every every day, Brenda. Yeah, every day. Life is tough. Juanita in Tonawanda, you're next. Good morning. Uh, yes, good morning to both of you. Good morning. I way to church, but I did want to mention about my father. Uh, he was an old world uh, immigrant coming to the United States, and he stayed here in Buffalo, and um, very old world. And what he taught me and my sisters was the value of education, and th- that was a biggie for him. And uh, I just wanted to mention that, and um, he promoted education to my children. So I just want to uh, wish Happy Father's Day to everybody. And um, the only thing regarding Trump, uh, he should watch his mouth a little bit more. He's raising a young son, and the young son needs to see a different value from his father than what the father's showing to him now. You know, it's funny, uh, Juanita, nobody's brought up about Barron Trump. You don't hear much about the young son. Future president. Uh, you think so? Uh, but it does make you wonder how much of that impacts that boy. I mean, his his adult children obviously can handle themselves, and they're in the news a lot, too. But how does that affect Barron Trump, and is he really sort of cloistered away on purpose? I would think that's, that's what he does. I don't know. I, I imagine it's going to have an impact on the kid at some point in his life. Well, I'm sure. But um, have a good day and happy Father's Day to my husband and um, to my son and to my daughter's um, husband who has children, too. So thank you. Thank you very much for calling in. I like that idea about education, Joe. My father was an Italian immigrant, as I mentioned in the first hour. And even though he didn't have a lot of formal education, he absolutely instilled that love of reading in me and my sisters and uh, the value of education and hard work. You know, it almost seems like a cliche, but it's true. I really value that part of it. Yeah, I was always the cl- class clown. Um, but, you know, my, my, my dad would give me the, uh, the fear that if I don't get my grades up, my summer is going to be quite miserable. So <laughs> I got I did have that him, motivate you a little it, bit. It, it, it did for that fourth quarter, let me tell you. <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, I, I was never the be- I, I never was one to read much. Um, but hey, anytime I needed to study for a test, my dad would do the work I didn't. And he would read me the questions because. I was not a great studier. Here's what I was good at in school. This is what got me through school. I was really good at presentations. I, unlike most people, I loved getting in front of the class. That was my favorite thing. I didn't like taking tests. I didn't like writing essays because I write like I talk. And now that's okay at, at this, in this uh, field. But when you're writing a high school essay... You kind of have to write it properly and not like you talk, but you know. Yeah, not one long run-on sentence. The good thing is I had my parents to push me through, and they got me into college and all the good stuff and ended up here at WBEN. There you go. And that's another thing. Both my parents did this. I know it's Father's Day. Both my parents, when I was, you know, I, I had left BEN for a few years, and the opportunity to come back was there, and they both talked me into chasing my dreams. So I have both of them to thank for coming back here and still following my dream. That's a wonderful, wonderful tribute to your parents, Joe, because that's what you would want parents to do is identify what your passion is and encourage you to follow it, even if it is in the most practical track. Right. You know, you know? and um, so I have them to thank for coming back and everyone here to thank for uh, continuing to climb to, the, to that eventual dream. I lost myself in my word. <laughs> let's take, let's go, we're going to blow the clock up again, Scott, because that's what we're good at. We are going to take John in Rochester. John, good morning. Hey, Joe. Hey, Brenda. Good morning, John. How are you doing? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Listen, uh, my dad taught me, number one, education was the, the most important thing. He uh, quit high school. Uh, 
years later, he got his high school degree and then got an associate's degree. Uh, but uh, he stressed that so much. And the other thing he stressed was you don't need vulgarity to get a point across. He he despised people that use vulgar language. And Well, I shouldn't say despised people, but he despised their use of the language. And uh, that stuck with me. I'm, I, I'm a man of very few swear words other than finer hmm. ones. But, but uh, you know, as far as... Uh, Trump goes, keep it up, Donald. Uh, the problem with the Republicans, and I'm actually, I'm a former Democrat. I haven't joined the Republican Party yet, but but uh, the Republicans are our last hope. The Republicans have to go on the attack. The media is up against the Republicans 100%. Uh, Trump needs to defend himself, even on some of these minor issues. I don't have a problem with that, because he's got to keep that momentum up, and it hasn't hurt him in the past. As far as uh, you know, I love Tony from Clarence. Uh, talk about a hypocrite. President Obama was a mentored by one of the most notorious American communists in history for much of his uh, youth. Uh, he hired uh, Valerie Jarrett, whose uh, parents were also uh, uh, communist uh, uh, sympathizers and uh, uh, Islamic sympathizers. Uh, John Brennan, his CIA choice, was uh, voted for Gus Hall of the Communist Party back in the 1980s. John Brennan is sympathetic to the Muslim Brotherhood. And then, finally, we got the biggest scandal in American history by the Obama administration with this collusion against the Trump campaign. It's his Justice Department, FBI, etc. Talk about narcissists. I, I think Barack Obama is the ultimate narcissist. But, John, let me ask you, do you think that Trump is his own worst enemy when he continually tweets things out and keeps fighting back when he really should just keep his mouth shut? No, I don't. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. I, again, I'll mention it again. I think he's got to keep the momentum going. Mm-hmm. If Rosie O'Donnell, is it, you know, a, lot, a lot of people that criticize him, go after him, call him Hitler, whatever, they're, they're celebrities. They, they have a lot of influence and the public, Rosie O'Donnell is a good example. So, no, I think you've got to keep it up. That's Donald Trump. He cannot stop his momentum, and it's worked so far. He's elected president of the United States. Yeah, and you know what, John? I definitely think the president's on, on track to get reelected. But there are some instances, I think, with his Twitter. And I can't remember. He was having a really good week. This was maybe even a year back. And then he sent that tweet about Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski. You know the one I, I'm talking about? Yeah, well, I, I don't know that one. No. Okay, he he referenced her having a facelift, um, then begging them begging for uh, an invite to Mar-a-Lago, like that to me just was out of nowhere. And he was having a great week. I can't remember something big but, happened and Joe and in John, the president's he, favor. He, even more significantly than that, which I think is just catty and silly, is the stuff he did with McCain. I mean, is it really necessary to keep going after a guy who's dead, who was a legitimate war hero? I mean, this is where I get fed up with Trump. Well, John McCain, as much as I admire his being a war hero, he was a turncoat in a lot of respects. David Bellavia will vouch for that. Yes, I've heard David talk about that, John. But do you think it's it's presidential to do that? That's my point. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, Trump should keep up what he's doing. I, uh, as far as Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough, have you watched their show? John, I, I, as you know. I turn on CNN and MSNBC to bring it back to you guys. And no, they are 
despicable towards the president. I completely agree with you. I just don't get the importance of a tweet like that when he's having such a good week. I think in that in that example, he stopped his momentum. I'll, I'll, I'll agree to disagree on that point. Oh, for sure. Like like I said, John. Hey, well, you're I 100 percent agree with what you're saying. Everything he's done so far got him to be the president. And as as it looks in Vegas right now, he is the favorite to get reelected. I just there's there's certain instances I think he gets in his way, and he's lucky he has such a great economy to lean back on. Well, I gotta I gotta tell you this: uh, we all make mistakes, but if he if he's right or uh, online on point ninety five percent of the time, and he's off point five percent of the time, that's an A. And keep up the momentum. If you don't take some risk, you're not going to be successful. And that's so Trump's that's Trump's formula to success. Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough. They I listen to them quite a bit. They are despicable people. They really are. Oh. They are they are uh, they are whores in the media. And uh, it's they're doing it for the money. And definitely uh, Joe Scarborough. Well, and and they're quite petty because if you remember early on in the primaries, they were very favorable towards the president. And hey, I'll give you a good example of pettiness. Uh, when uh, Trump uses the Pocahontas label on Elizabeth Warren, I think that's very effective. I think she made a huge mistake yes. going way back about her uh, heritage, and she should pay the price now. And Trump's not going to let it go. He's labeled, labeled her Pocahontas, and I'll tell you, I think that's a great thing. Because right, because if it wasn't for him, if he didn't bring that up, they're not going to remind you of these things in the media. And I'm just waiting for Trump to remind us of Biden's very failed 1987 presidential campaign and the plagiarism that was exposed. I'd rather hear him talk about that than call him Sleepy Joe. You know, I mean, I think that's it's coming. my point. It, well, we understand what you're saying, John, that uh, Trump should keep doing what he's doing. That's the advice that you would offer to him. What else do you think? Who, who would you... Uh, say, is the person who needs some advice. And what advice did you get from your own dad or, you know, male uh, role model in your life? 803-0930. But, you know, John does make some good points. The way he does call Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas, it does remind people that for most of her career, she was going off being an American Indian, which she's not. It was ridiculous. No, I agree with you. She should have never used it. Why would a woman of that intelligence do something that stupid? You know, you know, everybody's John just said everybody makes mistakes. Well, that was a big whopper that she made. Yeah, for sure. I, I, like, I, I agree with 99 percent of what John was saying there. He does. The president has the momentum. I can we can talk about the economy, I think, from now until November 2020. Uh, but there are instances where I personally it, it doesn't change my mind. But I think a lot of people in this political climate are on the edge when it comes to Trump. As and, one of our texters said, Joe, they like what Trump is doing, but dial it back sometime. Yeah. I think, and that's your yeah. point. And that's my point, too. People have been telling me that for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> you Eight, still haven't listened, yeah, no, right? Still, I still have a monster before I go on the air. 803-0930. It is Brenda and Beamer. Another half hour. We want your calls. Fatherly advice. The best advice you got from your father. Any advice you would give to the president. And in 2016, you voted for Trump because he was the, the lesser of two evils. 2020, where do you stand and why? Would love to hear that take. 803-0930. Shoot us a text at 3930. And do you see who's on Twitter now, Joe? Oh, yes. We'll be talking about him, too. We sure will. Uh, he's left us with a little bit of a warning. There's a tease for you.
24 minutes to go on a Sunday morning. It's Brenda and Beamer with you. Great reaction, great calls. Thank you so much for the uh, listener interaction. You can hear me Monday through Friday as part of Beach and Company, and you can hear Brenda Saturday mornings. That's right, Joe. 9 to 9.30 on our sister station, just down the, to the right of the dial there, ESPN 1520, the old KB radio. The show is called Slice of Life, and it's usually a couple of different segments talking to different movers and shakers in western New York. One week I might talk to an attorney, a real estate agent, a pharmacist, a festival organizer, you name it. So you never know what's going to be on Slice of Life, but if you could... Carve out some time with me. I'd appreciate it. Always 9 a gr- to 9.30. Always a great listen as I'm driving to those 5Ks. Because usually oh, the 5Ks right. are 9.30, 10 o'clock start. So I usually have that on. It's and fun show. KB just added to our app. So you can also, for a while there, KB wasn't available online. But now, if you can't get to the radio, uh, I believe it's ESPN1520.com right. and the radio.com app. And all the shows are archived at that very website, ESPN1520.com. Just look for a Slice of Life. And this show will be archived tomorrow morning right now having a few issues with the website i'll try posting it but it might be tomorrow morning when it finally gets on online looking forward to hearing us again <laughs> yes i love when i go to the you know after we host after we fill in i go to the gym listen to it and cut down myself for the whole workout what i can work on you know i'm i um I, as i always say i love the compliments and everything but i like the criticism i understand sometimes i talk a little too fast sometimes i'm a little loud sometimes I don't make a lot of sense. I get that, you know, and I try to work on it. So I, I will Are you I'll, talking about the president or yourself? Though? I'm talking about myself. Oh, okay. I will I'm giving my I'm giving fatherly advice to myself. <laughs> I am um, I love the compliments, don't get me wrong, but I do like the criticism. And those are things that when I listen, I, I go, okay, Joe, calm it down, slow it down. Um, but we played Return of the Mac coming back, and someone's returned. And now they're joining Twitter, Brenda. Oh, my goodness. When I saw this, we are, of course, we're talking about OJ, the infamous OJ Simpson. The real OJ. And uh, he decided instead of tweets, he was going to post two videos. We have those for you in their entirety, starting with his welcome to Twitter tweet. Hey, Twitter world, this is yours truly. Now, coming soon to Twitter, you'll get to read all my thoughts and opinions on just about everything. Now, there's a lot of fake OJ accounts out there. So this one, at the real OJ32, is the only official one. So this should be a lot of fun. I got a little getting even to do. So God bless. Take care. He's Doesn't got, that scare you? I mean, what is he talking about? Does he not realize how people view him no, in 2019? No, you talk about a narcissist. Right. And I think he's a sociopath. I mean, I don't like to throw those terms around too loosely, but there is something clearly wrong with this guy. I can't believe he's out of jail. I was so thrilled when they threw him in jail because I really do think it was payback for the murders. Oh, for sure. Um, so because the burglary would have never called for that kind of at least in most criminal justice cases, he would have pled down and this and that. He ends up going to jail for, what was it, eight years, I believe? It was supposed to be. Or did he end up, it was supposed to be 10 years. And he, I think he did eight. He only did yeah. eight. That's right. He got the parole for good behavior. But speaking of Father's Day, can you imagine how Ron Goldman's father must feel right now? It's got to be so heartbreaking. They never, that that never leaves them, obviously. Nope. I mean, it was a forever change in their lives. And in such a brutal fashion that Ryan Goldman was murdered along with Nicole Brown Simpson. And now there's OJ playing golf. Is he still looking for the real killer, Joe? Uh, that's what I hear. I hear while he's on the golf course, he is looking for the real killer. He wants to get out of Vegas and back to Florida to where uh, they can't touch any of his uh, possessions. That's right. You know, the Goldmans, it's it, interesting fact, they actually did get a civil suit against OJ. That's right. They yes. found OJ 
responsible uh, financially for Ryan Goldman's death, but because all of his assets and address were in Florida, that can't be touched. So the Goldmans don't get his NFL pension. And the only money I believe, now text if I'm wrong, um, the only money the Goldmans have seen is when he went to jail for the Vegas incident, they got the rights to his If I Did It book and TV special, and they did make some money off yes, of that. Yes, they did get a And I'm sure it's, you know, a pales in comparison to the tremendous loss they suffered, the loss of Ron oh. Goldman. But Fred Goldman and his daughter Kim have really gone after O.J. relentlessly. I mean, they have never let it go. You don't see much about Nicole Brown's family. Do you remember Denise Brown was a very vocal spokesperson for her sister? And the mother and father you would hear interviews about. You're probably too young, Joe, but I was obsessed with a court case. I would rush home and watch every bit of it. And then in 1997, my husband Dan and I went on vacation to California. We had watched the trial so, you know, uh, diligently. We'd watch every minute we could watch. And this was long before Twitter and Facebook, of course. So if you wanted to watch it, you had to actually sit and watch. And we became so familiar with the court case where they would show where OJ's house was. And then they would show where Nicole's condo was. We went to California we actually figured out how to drive from his house to the condo without any map. There was no GPS. There was no Siri. But we were so familiar with the case just by virtue of watching it. So um, I'll never forget where I was when, the, when first of all, he was the, the white Bronco chase. And then when he was acquitted, it, those were moments I'll never forget. You know, it, it's one of those things that you remember it happening. You know, I was in you know kindergarten, first grade. I, I remember there being the big thing about O.J. Simpson. And then the older you get. You want? I mean, I've lo- I've watched every documentary about mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, the 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 brilliant, the beautiful thing about YouTube is there is a lot there. And if you watch one video off the suggestions, you will get lost in another fifteen videos. You could spend a whole day watching. Oh, it. you can. And then you get to know the people involved too, like Marsha Clark, for instance, who is still yep. relevant, still you know being used on talk shows. And oh, Darden. Right, Christopher the, uh, Darden, Chris the prosecutor. Darden. Yeah. Did you watch the when they actually ten years later played the OJ interview of If I Did It? Yes, I did. And they had Darden. Yep. Um, doing like a Today interview. It. I mean, the way OJ just talks about it, you know, nonchalant, like, oh, yeah, and then I did this, and now hypothetical, and then all of a sudden that hypothetical kind of left. He stopped saying hypothetical for yes. a while. There, it was very. I don't know if eerie is the right word, but a very eerie feeling watching that if I did it special. Yes, it certainly was. And and this guy has no shame. You know, he's out there golfing and hobnobbing and yucking it up with everybody. And uh, I don't think he will ever come clean in the sense that he knows he got away with murder. Two murders. Is there anyone out there that still thinks he didn't? I imagine there's some people out there. You know? I I can't figure out how they would think that when you look at the DNA evidence. But the fact that he got off is just heartbreaking to me. And it was heartbreaking because I was, uh, and I still am, a huge Buffalo Bills fan. And when I was a kid, it was in O.J.'s heyday. So I remember some of his incredible ability on the field and how charming he was and how fun he was in those movies. You know, when he would do in the Police Squad movies and the Towering Inferno and you know, he would be on the uh, ABC call with Howard Cosell. Yeah, he was great. Uh, sideline reporter later on for yeah. NBC. And the Hertz so commercials. Charis- yeah, the Hertz commercials. He was so charismatic, and I was so proud that this was a Buffalo. He had a Buffalo connection, and then, oh, my goodness. Talk about feet of clay. You know, you, you look at that evidence now, and that was still pretty new in 1995, the evidence they used. The DNA, yeah. Barry you- Sheck was the attorney who really brought that to light. Do you think now, with that evidence— 
he would th- there would be a jury out there that would find him not guilty. With now, the, it, it's established evidence. I know the other things that were going on as well, but if you look at the evidence in 94, 95, that evidence today, I don't see... I don't know, Joe, because the evidence then was convincing, too. It was really jury nullification. You know, it was like payback. So I don't think it had anything to do with the evidence because you can't get much more convincing evidence than it was. It was that and a pretty weak prosecution, if you ask... Uh, that, too. If, the whole debacle of having him try on that glove. It was yep. his best acting performance ever. And they never used the Bronco chase. That was never mentioned in the courtroom. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of different factors <laughs> that wow. played into it. Yeah. But OJ's on and Twitter. He, he wants to make sure you know that's the real and he, OJ. And he's getting even. Yeah. Oh, he, he's got he's got some getting even to do. He's got some. I don't. Yeah. He's like a bad penny man. He keeps popping up. You know, I love Vegas, but I might be staying away for a while. Eight oh three oh nine thirty. We're asking what is the best advice your father gave to you? What is some advice you could give to the president? Um, you know, hey, you can be a supporter of the president and still find a few things that you'd give him advice on, maybe to help him get reelected in 2020. And also, we had Sam in Williamsville in the first hour, and I loved that call because I was finally able to ask someone who said, he said he was a Trump supporter because he was the lesser of two evils. And I'm asking you, is that why you voted for Trump in 2016 and come 2020? Has he done enough to get your reelection, or is there someone out there you'd rather vote for who's in the primary now that would get your vote away from Trump for that person? And do you not like President Trump too much, but there is someone running in that primary that if they got it, you would go right to the ballot and vote for President Trump. I'd love to hear that. 803-0930. You know, Joe, we've been talking about the upcoming election, but, you know, there's talk already about 2024, and President Trump said he would not automatically endorse Mike Pence as the nominee for 2024. I wonder how Pence feels about that. I mean, he's been a very, very supportive uh, sidekick, if you will, of the president for the past uh, several years now. Yeah, I mean, he's also rolled with the punches. I mean, he has not been... uh, he has not hid away from media scrutiny, and he has been, just like Sarah Huckabee Sanders, he has been one of the most vocal Trump supporters. Do you think he's just too vanilla of a personality, though, especially in contrast to Trump, who's so bombastic all the time? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I, think, I think Mike Pence has been a good vice president. Like I said, I mean, the job of the vice president is to have the president's back. I, I just don't know, after eight years of President Trump, and, and that's if there's eight years of President Trump— what what they'll be looking for in 2024. Mike Pence can definitely say that he will continue the policies of the president. He has been there. He has seen everything and how it works. So he could say, I've seen how President Trump operates, and I will operate more like President Trump than I did as governor of Indiana. So there's definitely things or ways he could run. Um, but I'm not sure... 2024, Brenda, is a long way away. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, Um so I'm not sure I'm not sure uh, Vice President Pence would be the best option for Republicans. So I can see why the president would say, "Hey, I got to worry about 2020 before I can talk about yeah, uh, I, President Pence." In I'm not even sure to be in the discussion at this point. Plus there's plenty of other up-and-comers too. I think, you know, it's not the last we've heard of Marco Rubio. I know uh, Nikki Haley, the former U.N. ambassador, is very highly regarded in the Republican Party. And then somebody like you wouldn't necessarily think is an automatic slam dunk, like Mike Pompeo, the secretary of state. So your point is well well taken, Joe. There's plenty of time before we have to worry about 2024. Who knows what's going to happen in 2020? And does Paul Ryan 
try to get back into the so. political landscape in 2024. I think he's done. I mean, here's a guy, when he ran for vice president with uh, Mitt Romney, everyone was talking about him running in 2016 or 2020. If How Rom- fast things change. If Romney had won. Yep. And now, I mean, there's a guy whose name is, is toxic to the Trump re-election campaign, as he may have been to the Romney campaign in 2012. That's true. Well, and our texters, too, they, I think this is the thing about Donald Trump that appeals to so many people, Joe. One of our texters just said they're voting for Trump because he was not a politician. And he spoke to me about all the unfairness. And I think they're talking about draining the swamp and all of the other things that Trump really hung his hat on. Yeah. And, and you know what? He has come through. You know, one of his slogans is promises made, promises kept. And, hey, you can say what you want about his tweets, about his interview skills, um, but he has done a lot what he said he was going to do. You know, he he got jobs to come back to the United States, jobs that former presidents even said will never come back, that we have to accept those jobs are gone. They're here now, you know. And, yes, he is threatening other countries with tariffs and, and, and other things on goods that we take it that they take us advantage for why not why not get those jobs back here for the american people and i think one of the biggest things is the economy is still growing and we have one of the lowest unemployment rates in the last 50 years well the other thing that i think will be in the forefront in the next few weeks um, is what will trump do about the iran situation i mean they the, the administration is putting iran on notice right now uh, for those ships and the attacks on oil tankers in the Persian Gulf. So I think the president has to really weigh his words carefully here when you're dealing with this, you know, clerical uh, leadership in Iran. Obviously very anti-American uh, with the Ayatollah over there. That's a concern. Yeah, uh, Iran is a concern. And John from Rochester brought it up. Obama was way too buddy-buddy with Iran. I, I think he thought, oh, if I just do it their way, they won't, you know, they won't be a threat anymore. Unfortunately, that's not how it works because some countries, they want their cake and eat it too. They'll take the deal you give them, but Iran has been known to break promises. So I, I think the president has to be tough, but he has to be careful as well. You don't want to... Um, you don't want to force a conflict that doesn't need to be forced. Right. And, but I, and he better be careful what he tweets about them. You also don't want to shy away when force is needed. True. Absolutely. Joe, uh, some advice has come in on the text board. We were asking what uh, advice your dad gave you that you still carry to this day. And also, what advice would you give President Trump on this Father's Day? Our texter says, my dad always told me the decisions and problems in my life would get harder the older I became. He was right. Yeah. It ain't easy being an adult, right? (laughs) No. Hey, don't you just wish you woke up and you were back in high school? Like, and the toughest decision was, where am I going to go to college? Right. You know? Right. Am I going to go to prom? (laughs) (laughs) But at that time, it seemed like a big deal. So it's all a matter of perspective, I think. You know, hey, I I thought it was a big deal when I got in the police blotter for uh, water ballooning out of my mom's Ford Explorer. (laughs) You made it? Was it the Amherst blotter? It was the Amherst blotter. Was it in the B? You know, but little did did the police who put us in the blotter know, not only did I have my mother's car, because the back windows went all the way down. So you wouldn't only be able to water balloon from the front, you could have four attackers <laughs> Big advantage. water ballooning, but Joe and Janet Beamer were back at the headquarters filling up said water balloons, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so we would come back and there'd be a cooler of water balloons waiting for us. <laughs> and the ammo was ready. <laughs> we thought, we thought the, the, the toughest decision was who do, you know, we only have so many water balloons, Brenda, which ones, <laughs> who do we waste these ones on? Yeah, you have to pick uh, very carefully, <laughs> yes, very selective sure. ballooning there.
803-0930. There's still time to get in if you want to give uh, Joe and me a call. We really appreciate your calls and texts on this Sunday morning. You know, Joe, it looks like it's brightening up out there a little bit, too. Yeah, the sun's peeking through. Hopefully that stays the way for whatever your Father's Day plans are today. And we do hope that all the fathers are having an enjoyable Father's Day with uh, their loved ones. You know, I have one more piece of advice for the president. And it comes to Sarah Huckabee's replacement. And don't go. Do what you did with Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Get someone who is going to be outspoken, someone who's going to speak not only their mind but your mind. Don't go with just um, – I'm trying to think of a bland press secretary. You know, Go with another Anthony Scaramucci. <laughs> the go, mooch. You know, I, I'd love him to come back. You know, I joked about this yesterday, but that's the kind of – in an election year, I think that's the kind of person – President Trump has to, yes, be diplomatic and and keep everything going to get reelected. But he needs to stay true to himself as well. well and I it, think a press secretary like a Scaramucci is the way to go. But I think a Scaramucci almost overshadows the president. And I don't think Trump would uh, would accommodate that. You know, that's true. Maybe, maybe a happy medium yeah. of uh, Sarah Huckabee and Scaramucci. Do you think uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders will run for governor of uh, Arkansas? I do. I do. I think that's the only reason she would step away. You know, everyone's talking about how quickly— you know, how little time she spent in that post. But I'm looking at the last two president administrations before Trump. I think she's one of the longest standing that's press gotta secretaries. Be, yeah, that's got to just ring you out, that oh, job. I mean, sure. 24-7 access, always the press. Guy. Now, obviously, they didn't have a lot of press conferences. But still, I mean, she was a lightning rod, too, because she was such a loyal supporter of the president. And I think since he even publicly suggested that she run for the governor of Arkansas, she is probably going to do so. Yeah. And maybe I, not now, maybe in the next four years when her kids get a little older. She's got three young kids after all. Yeah. I think it'll be a successful uh, one too in Arkansas. Her father was the Arkansas, was the governor of the same state. So I imagine she's, she's connected. She, she's got a little, uh, little leeway. Well, Brenda, as always, it's been a great pleasure. It's been my pleasure, Joe. Beamer and Brenda, the B team back in town and uh, always fun to talk to our listeners see what they have to say both on air and on the text board and to exchange some ideas with you. Yes, for sure. And Scott Miller for not Scott. only coming in early, but producing and doing calls. Thank you so much, Scott. Great, Scott. I will be back tomorrow, as you know, 5 a.m. with uh, Susan and Brian. And then I continue to make unnecessary comments 9 to 12 <laughs> with uh, Beach and Company. And Brenda, we'll be back uh, together soon. And Brenda will be back on the air 1520, 9 o'clock next Saturday. You got it. Thanks so much, Joe. Talk to you soon. Hey, later, Buffalo. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 